When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey. First of all, you're wrong about bunting. Bill, you're wrong about bunting. No. Judd Zolgad. Judd freaking Zolgad. <laughs> He's a problem. attitude. It's destroyed everything of our sports culture. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Unsolicited advice we deem important. You, on the other hand, might not. Information so good, you're encouraged to write that down. From Mackey and Judd. All right, boys, you got the you got the bat weights ready. Home runs only today. Oh, I'm celebrating too. After all my write that downs, I'm going Jack Peterson. Show me the money. How about Chris Reavers? Show me the money, Chris Reavers. Freaking out on Twitter. He called out. Show me the money. Chris Reavers at one point in his belligerence on Twitter last night called out the Twins' second round draft pick Brent Rooker. Yep. For uh, for enjoying the Jack Peterson money celebration, <laughs> Reavers. That was a what are you doing? Seven point eight alcohol content call out was what that was. <laughs> that was an Maybe aggressive fall craft IPA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, boys. We have an accountability session first because usually this is a Friday at ten o'clock segment. We're going to be off on Friday. And uh, whoever's going to be in for us, I think it's Matthew Collar, and is it Collar and Courtney are going to be in? Talking I don't know Vikings? if we've confirmed it yet. But but uh, we're not going to allow them the prestige of write that down. They're going to have to earn that. So we're going to do it today. Home runs only, so our predictions are coming up shortly. But we hold each other accountable, and we keep track of the rights and the wrongs. A lot of wrong predictions off the board this week, gentlemen. shocking. Yep. So... Uh, Get the buzzer ready. We'll start with this one. Dave Harrigan said the Browns would not cross the 50-yard line in the first half. Bleep you. They started across the 50-yard line. I was going to say they got possession of the ball across the 50-yard line five minutes after I woke up. Um, And they had a couple fluke, like, shovel pass, 40-yard things happen. And, yeah. That was wrong. Judd predicted the Vikings would be exactly 5-3 and after eight games. Too negative. Too I negative. Guess so yeah, so close. Now, so you, close. You you were going for the the home run there. If you had said at least five and three, we would have given you the point. But you said we even clarified five and three no, or I, better no, or exactly. No, you said, said exactly five and three. three. No. three. Yeah, I said five and three. Uh, this is one of my favorite predictions that that's ever been predicted, um, and it's wrong, but it's still going to live on as a great Judd swing. You said Tom Brady is going to suffer a season-ending injury, and Jimmy Garoppolo will lead the Patriots to a Super Bowl title. Oh, <laughs> oh that was so. Yeah, but you know what? It's an awesome. Prediction. You know what? You know what? Strikeouts don't scare me. Strikeouts <laughs> don't scare anybody in 2017. Uh, and then I predicted the Vikings would score a defensive touchdown against the Browns. Attempted a parlay of Everson Griffin strip sack and a Vikings interception. But, but, 
correct to salvage at least one correct prediction this week. Yep. I said, I made you leave the room a few weeks ago, and I said, before December 1st, Judd will throw a knife in the back of his friend Chuck Fletcher by writing at least one column for 1500ESPN.com questioning the wild general manager. We have a Judd tweet and column from late last night. Did the Wild make a mistake in keeping Matt Dumba? And you even referenced Chuck Fletcher in your tweet promoting the column, calling out your friend Chuck Fletcher. And keep in mind, too, I made very clear in the lead of that column that I was on board with the move as well. But And this is... This is what the greats are willing to do. <laughs> what what the greats are willing to do is take what I consider to be a longtime friendship right now and a closeness brought together by two people who have a passion for the game of hockey and still write something like I wrote late last night. That's what the greats do. I mean, if you're looking to get into the business and you're saying, what do I need to do? What's the tipping point? I will tell you right now, sometimes you have to write things that even you don't want to write. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure you guys will patch it up at the state fair next year. He understands. Chum me again. He understands. He knows it's part of the job. Why, if if you also predicted that, uh, or if you also said that Matt Dumba should be protected 100, percent like don't let him go to Las Vegas, couldn't the column have been more self-reflecting instead of Chuck Fletcher should be questioned? Maybe it's mm. I was wrong. Should no, be the, the lead to the column. I was wrong. No, the lead to the column actually calls myself out. The headline is reflective of somebody who is who is looking for and somewhat desperate for clicks. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the headline was written. Uh, so it's definitely not a home run, but it's a you know it's a solid double predicting the uh, the Judd questioning of Chuck Fletcher. So Dave Harrigan still leads the batting average race and write that down at 4.23 on the season with hmm. two months to go, slugging 7.11. <laughs> I'm in at 4.14 slugging. 7.30, so Dave leads the uh, batting average, I lead the slugging, and Judd, there's still two months, got to swing hard here, 250 I, oh, I'm, I'm swinging with hard. a 3.30 slugging percentage. Yep, I've gone... Can Judd get hot in the last two months like he did last year and I've take gone down the crown? Kingman, I've gone Adam Dunn, I've definitely, I'm um, swinging hard. Can right. we, uh, first of all, discuss, I mean, a double for that Fletcher prediction, really? Single? I can, I'll take a single I if mean, you guys want to give me a single. I don't, I don't care at this point. It's more between you two, because... I'm really not going to well, win the Well, you're the title. arbiter, Judd. I would just say predicting Judd would be negative about the wild management. <laughs> That's a good point. I don't think any predict I don't think any I'll take a single. That's fine. I don't think any Judd prediction that skews towards I'm going to do something that's going to criticize should be more than a single. Yeah, okay. no, you're probably right. I think okay. if you say I'm going to do something positive and you're right, we can talk about double, triple, or <laughs> who, home run. Yeah, who wants to, to to go for a home run? Judd will write something positive about... Uh, Anything. Uh, Jim Caldwell. I write a lot of positive stuff. <laughs> All right, let's start off with uh, Judd in the leadoff spot again here. Write that down. Okay. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember. Home runs only. Yes, I was Nine say, home run predictions in the segment. Let's let's keep in mind that we are that right now I am at the plate and I don't give a damn about anything but trying to hit the ball 900 miles. <laughs> Xavier Rhodes, Vikings cornerback, will be the MVP this year of the Super Bowl. Whoa! Xavier Rhodes, Whoa. when we are celebrating the first ever. Viking Super Bowl title at U.S. Bank Stadium. Xavier Rhodes will be the MVP of the game. Wow. Whoa. Whoa. All right, boys. Whoa. All right, the boys. Guns. The guns. 
I'm batting left-handed today. Oh that my. ball, that ball is way up in the orbit. Okay, wow. that's about a 600-foot shot to the power alley. Oh, tape measure. It's Mantle in Washington when they got the tape measure out and said, we got to measure this thing, and I that's where they came up with the same tape measure. I have a Vikings prediction myself, but compared to that, it's like, you know, 3.30. It just hooked right. around the pesky pole. Me too. I, I have one as well, and I was excited, but we might as well shut the segment down. Oh. No, just shut it all Thanks down. Thanks a lot, Judd. <laughs> I love how you like fifth time's a charm. You even could have saved that for the third one and just came right. <laughs> oh no, I'm setting the tone. Right oh, I'm setting the tone. <laughs> Holy crap! Do you know what this is? This is write this down circa 1998 when people used to show up for Cardinals batting practice. <laughs> this is all about launch angle here. Oh yeah, all about oh, launch yeah. angle. Oh, you got that right, Charlie Lau. Get out of here, Walt Reniak. Take your act somewhere else. All right, Dave. Okay, well, I <laughs> write it down. You like writing things down. I was just going to say the Vikings are going to be playing January 21st in the NFC title game. Is that a home run? (laughs) Well, I mean, listen, there can be inside the park home runs and there can be 700 foot bombs off of buildings that judges. Yeah, sure. I'm going to (laughs) piggyback off because you and I have a similar one. Write this down. Uh, So maybe mine will help put into context the three of these. The Minnesota Vikings will have a second half lead in the NFC Championship oh game. Oh, my. Oh, no. From that point forward, I got nothing for you. <laughs> no problem. I got From nothing. that point forward, we know what happens. <laughs> right. It's happened quite quite often, actually. The Vikings will have a second-half lead in the NFC Championship game is my home run swing. Uh, so Dave's, you know, it's not the, you're the, it's the shortest of the home runs. You can add to it if you want to. Feel free. Parlay that thing. In Philadelphia. Okay. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Okay. All right, we're back to Judd here. Write this down. Oh, all right. As we know, did you uh, pull an oblique on that swing? Or as we know, are you okay for these next two? Hold on, I got to take a breath. <laughs> Kirk Gibson try, just hobbling up to the plate now for his second right. I didn't down. just, and I didn't pick like the quarterback or running back or receiver. I went with the cornerback, which has only happened. Uh, was it Dexter Jackson, two thousand two? Yeah. Yeah, Tampa or no, or no. Tampa Bay, Oakland, right? Didn't uh, a Cowboys player win in like 1995? I'd have to look this up, but Rhodes will join an exclusive list of corners. Uh, as we know, the Patriots made a trade this week. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, their backup quarterback, traded away. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, the third string quarterback, was traded before the season started. And all of this leads us to Tom Brady is really going to play that long? They've got no backup quarterback right now. Well, there's a reason for that, boys. You can write this down. Home run swing number two. Bill Belichick will step down as Patriots coach after this season. Bill Belichick has all his eggs in one basket because he knows full well this is his last season coaching the New England Patriots. I like where you're going there. I think... uh, Write it down. You like writing things down. I think these trades are... This is the first time in 15 years that they haven't been forward-thinking with their trades. They've just been making trades for the right now. Absolutely. So I could see him... Just sort of being attached to Tom Brady. Whenever Tom, whenever Tom Brady decides to retire, then, then that's when Bill Belichick. So maybe it's this year. But well, yeah, the, the, the like home they're run has obviously to be this not season. planning for five years. But yes, yes, the home run has to be. This will be Bill Belichick's fi- final year. He and Brady are going for it. Write that down. Write this down. Tiger Woods has announced he's going to be playing in the Hero World Challenge at the very end of this month. If he doesn't withdraw, which he probably will. Let's 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 say it's one of two outcomes. 
he will either not make it through 18 holes or he will finish dead last. Okay. I don't know if that's a home run. I mean, he hasn't played golf in a year. Hey, you told us yesterday he was back. Well, I think he's back, but I might not, might not be the one to ask. I'm not sure after I set the tone that I did, Dave, that you're getting in the spirit of the home run Well, for me here. to you know, go up to yours, I would have to say Tiger Woods' plane will take a dive in the Caribbean and he won't be found. Home run? <laughs> home run right there? Write this down. Is that official? No, that is not official. <laughs> That's a home run. That's verbally binding. That's I'm a home not run. predicting the demise just, of Tiger you Woods. You just hit a home run. Congratulations. Thanks for joining the show. So it's Tiger Woods will either not make it through 18 or will finish uh, dead last at Hero. Okay. Uh, and can... have a half dozen bogeys in his first round. How's that? You want that? Does okay. that make it better? Okay, so Tiger um, <laughs> or, or six bogeys. Is that what you're saying? No. He will have six bogeys in the first <laughs> round and either withdraw before 18 holes or finish dead last. And his plane will crash or no? No, plane's going to be fine. <laughs> On the way back, though, right? After he wins? Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Actually, if, if somebody wants to say Tiger's going to win the Hero World Challenge, we, we could put that one on the board, too. But uh, All right. Write this down. There's all this quarterback controversy and question about who's going to do what. Teddy, Case, and Sam will all start at least one game from this point forward for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> all three of them will start, not get into a game, but will start at least one game for the Vikings from, whatever, week 10 going forward through the end of the season. Okay. So there you have it. It'll be, get really it's going to get even more then. muddled than uh, than you think it is. All right. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. Back to Judd. Here's my final one. I'm going to uh, I'm going to take my first prediction, move it to another local club, and make it a parlay. Byron Buxton will be the World Series MVP on the championship winning uh, World Series team, Minnesota Twins, in 2020. Byron Buxton will win the World Series MVP, and the Twins will win the World Series title. In 2020. Wow, going Sports Illustrated on us. Mm-hmm. So I'm giving you another title. You I'm just gave you, us two titles I just gave you a Super Bowl championship this year and a World Series in 2020. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. I have a Judd Zolgad prediction I'd like Judd to leave the room for. <laughs> I am making the money sign right now, boys. Jack Peterson, take that reverse. Here, let me give you mine, and then you can wrap it up. Oh, we'll, sure, that's So Judd fine. can hear this, too, just so, just so we all hear this one. Uh, it's not. I mean, it's not like Judd's first one. Judd pretty much just like set an impossible bar, which is awesome. Write this down. The Astros will win Game 7, and they will score 10 runs or more tonight. Ten okay. runs or more, Woo! the Astros right. will the Astros will go bombs away. Now it might be ten to nine. It might be ten to nothing. I don't know what the Dodgers are going to do. I just see what the Astros are going to do. You see ten, at least ten runs. Ten runs or more Chili- off of yeah. you, Darvish okay. and company. All right, and they will win Game Seven on the road at Dodger Stadium, which you can hear right here on fifteen hundred ESPN okay. seven twenty. All right, I'll leave now. Thank you. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that. We'll have to go through the archives and see what the batting average is just on Judd predictions. I think I'm doing very well on those. This right. is a home run, though. It's not going to be tough. Judd leaving or has left the room after making the money sign one more time. Uh, Judd, uh, as well as yourself, Phil, taking a couple days off. Judd will be here for four days to broadcast next week, Tuesday through Friday. Mm-hmm. In no particular order, Judd will wear his Chicago Blackhawks hoodie. His Iowa State hoodie, his co-college hoodie, and his Bunny's Bar and Grill pullover. Amazing. 
on those four days. Again, no particular order, but he will wear those four <laughs> items next <laughs> for the four days. He down. shows up to work. Write it down. You like writing things down. Judd, for the listeners, is like a cartoon character who wears the same thing for every episode, just like four different hoodies. Maggie yeah. Judd. The Maggie and Judd Show rolls on. That's right, sports fans. This is 1500 ESPN. All right, you're, uh, you're right that down. Predictions, Judd, are getting a ton of reaction on Twitter here. Barry says, Judd is on fire. I agree with the Belichick take. All in and walk away. Let the next guy deal with the fallout. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, we, we swung for the fences and write that down last segment. Home run predictions only. And you said, as one of yours, Bill Belichick retires after this season. To which Eric says on Twitter, at Phil Mackey, at 1500 ESPN, Judd, at 1500 ESPN, Judd's Belichick prediction is a swing and a miss. The Jimmy G trade proves that both he and Brady are in it for the long haul. I think it's the opposite. I think that I think it shows you that they're like on borrowed time together and they just want all the resources they can get. Here's the thing with Bill. I, I firmly believe that Tom probably thinks in his heart of hearts he can play till 45, uh, 46 years old. I also believe that Bill is a very, very savvy individual who might be saying to himself, okay, I can milk this for another year, but we ain't going until he's 42 or something like that. So the thing with Bill is I think Bill will be as loyal as he has to be to Tom to get as much as he can from Tom, but once that's gone, I think Bill Bill either peace says peace out or gets another quarterback, and he's clearly not in the process of trying to get another quarterback which is why I think there might be something up here. And it would not shock me if Bill yeah. said, hey, you know what, I've done this for a long time. You know, it's it's always weird, and this will happen with the Patriots almost certainly, when a team that was really dominant for 10 to 20 years, when you start watching them after the dominance, and you're like, wow, it's like the watching the 49ers in the early 2000s, when yep. after Terrell Owens had left for the Eagles, and they were just garbage for Trent Dilfer was their quarterback for a while, and it was before they landed. Well, they had Alex Smith. They were terrible with him, too. Mm-hmm. That was weird because for 20 years, the San Francisco 49ers were very reliable as the best team in the NFL. They were the model right? franchise. Um, in, in the NBA, at some point, at some point, San Antonio Spurs are going to be bottom of the barrel. But for almost my entire sports memory lifetime, going back to the early 90s, yep. before Greg Popovich, They've been, at the very least, a really good Western Conference team, and at at the at most, they've been a dynasty. Which is funny, because when I was a kid, they weren't that good. Then they got high draft picks and did a good job and built that up. But I think of San Francisco's a good one. The Giants? The, Cowboy, the Cowboys. Yeah. The Cowboys, Jimmy Johnson took that thing from being a complete dumpster fire, built it, had the falling out with Jerry Jones. Barry Switzer, who wasn't that good, came in and basically coached him, coached him to a Super Bowl and a little bit of success, and then it started to go downhill from there. But, yeah, it is it is weird when you see a few of these franchises that have been good for not just like five years, but 20 years. And there's always – and the question becomes this, especially when you've been good for this long. Do you know as a coach or a GM – do you know when to get out? And see, I think Belichick will. I think Belichick Belichick does not strike me as a guy who's gonna gonna watch it start to burn. No. He strikes me as a guy who is really, really savvy. I think he's super smart, intelligence-wise, off the charts. And I think he's the type of guy to who, as much as he seems to love football, I think likes a lot of things. And it would not shock me at all if he says here pretty soon, you know what? It's run its course. It's been good. Robert Kraft, it's all yours now. Yeah. 
Well, he's 65 years old, and let's say let's say that it's it's not at the end of this year, but another year or two, and they're just looking at, hey, I'm gonna we're gonna handcuff each other to each other, right? Like Bill Belichick, Tom Brady. If you're Bill Belichick and you've been you've been eating filet mignons and drinking the finest wines, that's that's your NFL coaching career. You're winning 12 games every year, and you've been linked to Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. Why on earth, at age 67 in a couple of years, would you want to rebuild? So yeah, you wouldn't. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's almost no way that he coaches beyond Tom Brady because why would you want to? But why would you, you see, need to? But could, I could see him running a front office or something for another team. But but couldn't you see Tom though being the guy to say, oh, you know, Bill, come on, this is great. We still got a year left. I'm only going to be 44. And then he would say, and bye Bill before would be like, Brady. Bill would be like, no. Yeah, I could see. No, that. Tom, I think it's done. Yeah. There, like there's. There's no reason why Bill Belichick would want to subject himself to a 6-10 and 10 season after the worst year I think he's had since 2002-ish was 10-6. and six. Mm-hmm. They missed the playoffs the year after they won their first Super Bowl. I can't remember what their record was, but they've basically been 11-5 and five or 10-6 and six every year for, for almost 20 years. To your point, how many of you guys... How many guys who have done what you just talked about have gone on to succeed? And that is, I'm really successful in a place for a long time, and now... I want a new challenge. And so I'm going to go become GM of well, Phil Jackson, the Dolphins. That didn't work. I'm thinking Jimmy J- Jimmy Johnson made the move from, he left Dallas because he and Jerry didn't get along, went to, to the Dolphins. Didn't it didn't work. work. Um, Lombardi went from the Packers to the Redskins, and, and he didn't live that much longer after that, but the Redskins certainly didn't turn it around in his brief time there. Trying to think of how many football guys have made have made some type of move to say, okay, here's my next challenge. It doesn't you know, seem like that next challenge goes all that well. Uh, you know, Tom Coughlin went from bringing the Jaguars to relevance to an AFC Championship game, and then and then went to the Giants and did it. And now he's is he back? He's back. With the he's running the, yeah, he's helping to run the Jaguars. So, he runs. And the now they look like they are yep. you know primed to make the playoffs. So that might be an example of a guy who has jumped a couple times. But he uh, got, Mike Holmgren went from Packers and Super Bowl to Seahawks and went to a Super Bowl with the Seahawks. That's true. That's true. That worked yeah. out pretty well. Yeah, but he and, wasn't that old yet. I mean, we're talking about a sixty-five-year-old right. Bill Belichick, right? And Holmgren's deal was was what he he was with Ron Wolf in Green Bay, and I think he I think he got to the point of saying I, I want to make personnel decisions, and the Packers said no, you clearly can't do that, and he bolted. But it just it does seem like a lot of or not a lot. It seems like some of these guys who say okay, I'm going to leave here and go have great success there don't always have great success. Yeah, yeah Belichick. It's been twenty years of. Of of two hundred fifty dollar bottles of football wine and 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 the finest meats and cheeses. There's no reason to ever ever yeah with a go six, away with from a sixth Tom round Brady. pick by the way too. Yeah. That's incredible. It's made thing. enough money, Dave. What kind of stuff do you have for us next? Well, well, well. I've got football coaches with hot takes on Halloween candy. A lot of baseball nuggets to get to. Fake news, and maybe we'll do a wrestling promo of the week. It is Wednesday. You think you like football? Ron Jaworski doesn't just really like football. He loves football. He's one of those guys. We always talk about at the quarterback position. You got to be the first in, last out. Not what they get out there in the media, but are you really the first in and the last out? Football! Football, yeah! Yeah! Football! Football! 
Becky and Judd are back. Okay, let's not scare the children. On 1500 ESPN. Stuff You Should Know About is sponsored by Discover Card. Discover Card alerts you if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. It's free for card members. Sign up online at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. Pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. All right, Dave Harrigan, let's hear the stuff for this Wednesday. How about the big nugget dropped by Adam Schefter on Twitter yesterday? Adam Schefter spelled A-D-D-A-M-S-C-H-E-F-T, the number three R. Oh. A very much non-verified Twitter account that the Patriots are signing free agent quarterback Colin Kaepernick per source. <laughs> that was retweeted by many, many people, including Don Van Nata Jr. of ESPN oh, no. and Mr. Monday Morning Quarterback SI.com's Peter King. Oh, no. They were all taken in, many others taken in. Peter apologizing later, saying it's my <laughs> fault and saying he's admittedly a very gullible fellow. Van Nata not exactly as pleased about it. What's the point? Do these shut-ins think they hand out prizes for the most verified Twitter accounts they can fool? Well, okay. <laughs> if you're retweeting, like, obviously Except fake accounts, it's your fault. I, yeah. I guess what I do is I have categories of NFL, NBA. I don't think everyone's going to do this, but... If so, if something big happens and I don't see it from Adam Schefter's account on my NFL feed, I know it's not from his account. Yeah. But I know that that's where if you're a, if you if you have a platform, if you're Don Van Nata or somebody, you should go to an extra length or an extra step to make sure that you're not retweeting BS news. If you get fooled, though, just do do what Peter King did, own it. I mean, if you get fooled on you know lashing out, yeah, you got fooled. I've been fooled. It's embarrassing, but at, at least just own it. So if you're trying to make a bet on who's going to win a World Series game, who are you going to trust? Who are you going to go to for advice? A former big league ball player, surefire Hall of Famer, just recently left the game, or some 20-year-old snot-nosed punk from Eastern Europe? Uh, Eastern Europe, probably. Yeah? Yeah, Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah, that's the smart way to go. I'm with you. So far, predicting the World Series. Game one, this is from David Ortiz. Astros. Game two, Dodgers. Game three, Dodgers. Game four, Astros. Game five, Dodgers. Poppy. Game six, Astros. Yeah, you might might want to get out of the individual baseball game predictions business there. Meanwhile, R.J. Bell, who covers odds and everything Vegas for USA Today, has a little story about a man, just as I uh, described, under 30, he's Eastern European. He spreads his bets around town, Las Vegas. He has let it ride since game one. Last night, it was up to $8 million that he put on the L.A. Dodgers. Obviously, he is a winner. We'll see who he goes with tonight, assuming he decides to let it ride once Wait, again. Who's taken the? who took the original bet? He's spreading the bets around to different oh, sports books. Okay. So it's not all, you know... Placed on one sports book, but yeah, so he's going to put eight million dollars on 
Game seven. Well, he put eight million dollars down last night, so he won probably about six million. So he's got about fourteen now. How about you? If just he lets it ride. He's going to put all fourteen oh, million keep, down on Game Seven. Keep going, man. Apparently, he's not. A, what's the point? He's, he's got not momentum. a heavy better in the Las Vegas area aside from UFC fights. He's bet heavily on UFC fights, but other than that. He doesn't do a whole lot of betting, but uh, apparently this World Series has struck Does his Does he have enough money to where not banking the $14 million is not a big deal to him? Well, I would have to assume so <laughs> if you're mean, able to get up to $8 million in just six do, bets. Or so five I can follow bets. along. That's what I... <gasps> Trust him he's over clearly Poppy. High. He's got momentum going. That's uh, that's clearly the, yeah, uh, the message there. Oh, Poppy. Uh, candy corn, pro or con? Oh, big time pro. Con. Big time pro. Don't like it. Let's go to the aficionado. I've never had candy. I think it's just awful. I think candy corn's awful. You know, it's like fruitcake. You know, there's a reason they only serve serve fruitcake once a year because it's awful. Yep. There's a reason they only serve mint juleps once a year because they're awful. And there's a reason they only serve candy corn once a year because it's awful. Now, that does beg the question why they serve it at all. But um, anyway, that's my opinion. And when was your last encounter with candy corn? Oh, uh, like sometime when I was a kid. And you eat it by the handfuls because that's all that's left and you get sick. I got to say, I'm more with Phil on this one. I'm against Mike Leach. I don't mind I don't, candy corn. Fruit like cake can- and mint juleps suck, but candy corn All fine. three of them, ah, out for me. Yuck. Don't like any of them. And if you're him and you haven't tried candy corn since you were a kid, you know, I didn't like squash when I was a kid. I didn't like beer when I was a kid. Not that I had a lot of beer when I was a kid. Were you drinking beer when you were a kid? How did you get access? Sneak a sip of, you know. Why did I get access? Of Ma's beer, whatever. Candy corn just gets stuck in your teeth and on the roof of your mouth, and it doesn't taste that good. I'm not a fan. Never had that problem with candy corn. I'm not, yeah. I'm not a fan. Uh, did you check it out when Yuli Guriel was coming to the plate last night, boys? This is what it sounded like inside of Dodger Stadium. And it went on and on and on as Rich Hill was very happy to just step off the mound and let the Dodgers fans have it. And after the game was asked about it, said, yep. That's exactly what I did. Yep. I wanted him to get his. That's awesome. Good yeah, for Rich, good for Rich Hill. Yeah. Um, I know we haven't really talked a whole lot about that story, but I don't know. I he was he was very apologetic. He admitted the mistake. I think all parties, including you, Darvish, acknowledged, yeah, it was offensive, but let's diffuse it. You know, it's it's not the end of the world. It's a guy made a mistake and a guy so I'm okay with the five game suspension for next year. I don't oh, know if you need to drop the hammer for a world world series I would game suspension. For one game. I think the reaction sometimes to the incident should matter if to some degree. If you're gonna if you're gonna suspend him for five games, if you th- deem this w- worthy of a five game suspension next year, suspend it for one World Series game. That's what I think they should but have done. One World Series game is far more impactful in terms of suspension I know, but than if you're five gonna, regular but season my, games. And if they decided and everyone agreed that but my point it's is, not worth the World Series game. If you're going to take this seriously and say we can't have this, th- then don't wait till n- next year to suspend him for five games. Suspend him for one game immediately. Yeah, I guess I just, I mean, obviously or, fi- it or it find him and say, hey, we're just not going to spend him. It didn't rise to the level of, well, but that's ridiculous because there's like, you can commit a murder and not go to jail for five years because of, I mean, like, that's a bad mm-hmm. example because mm-hmm. you, you spend your time in jail waiting for the trial. I'm but just saying I would spend it for one Like, game. there's things that can happen and then you get punished later on. I would spend it for one World Series. Keep, game. Fake outrage. Woo!
No, 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 it's not. Speaking of World it's Series real. and the Dodgers, do you think Dodger fans know how well they have it, that they have two absolute national treasures tied to their organization for all time? Vin Scully and Tommy Lasorda, who grabs Dave Roberts <laughs> oh, yeah. right before the press conference last night after the game and says, hey, uh, hey, Skip, you haven't won bleep till you win tomorrow night. What? what, what? Thanks, Tom. Oh, Thanks. Tommy, Tommy's Thanks, uh, yeah. Tommy. He's a, he's a national something, all right. I don't know the treasure's <laughs> the right word oh, no. now. He's, he's a treasure. Belli- he's you, belligerent you've got You've got nothing but class and scully, and with Tommy Lasorda, I have no idea what As if have. Dave Roberts has any real meaningful impact, unless he goes bonkers with bullpen moves, on who wins tonight, by the way. Lasorda. Well, if the uh, Dodgers don't win, it's because of this last night postgame. Check this out. Look behind us. That's Lance that? McCullers. He's wow. starting game seven tomorrow wow. night. What's going on? Is, is the game like later? Is the game in an hour? I think this game has passed me by. You know, it's interesting, Kevin. Some of the pitchers, and he did this in New York, they'll go out and toss to basically warm up a little bit for tomorrow. It's unusual. Really? But I've seen it before. Lance McCullers on the field after the game, playing a little toss, getting ready for game seven, boys. That's interesting. I That's obviously cool. there must be new new methods for getting your arm ready for a game. Does he do that in the regular season too, or is it? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, he's probably excited. He can't wait. Go out and play some toss. I That's think fine. Dave, you could take some notes for the ninth grade uh, pitching staff. If there's a big start coming up tomorrow, then start firing those bullets today. <laughs> Get those warm up pitches in. <laughs> don't know why you feel I need that advice. Typically, I have them catching a full seven innings the night before they uh, have to pitch. Get a real, get a real well, read Well, you on. should. I yeah. call it getting a Old lather. School. Getting a lather. That works a good for call. me. Yeah. Uh, Phil, uh, just a few days ago, you decided that you would dress up for Halloween on a Halloween party Saturday as the macho man Randy Savage, correct? Uh, so we, uh, yeah, yeah snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah, could you give us a little bit of that row the boat you were going Ooh, with? Listen, Hawkeyes fans, you yesterday's news. Yeah, gophers are cream of the crop, cream of the crop, rowing the boat, yeah. It's very good, but it's not great, so I think we just, we just go to the master himself for this week's wrestling promo of the week. It's a cup of coffee for Tito Santana. Come on in. You're going to be defending against the dragon, Ricky Steamboat. What's the cup for? WrestleMania 3, Pontiac, Michigan. Yeah, 90,000 plus people watching right there. And this is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's cup of coffee in the big time. Yeah, cup of coffee in the big time because you'll never get closer than now. I am the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion and I will remain the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. And Jersey Animal Steel... On the outside will be no factor, yeah. You say no factor. Obviously, he is a factor or you wouldn't even brought it up. Oh, wow. Mr. Sarcasm, yeah. I don't care if you got 23 wrestlers around the outside and it doesn't even matter. No, because I am ready and I will not let this opportunity slip through my fingers. Cup of coffee, man, yeah. Man. Wow, man, freak out. (laughs) But freak out! Freak out! <laughs> he yells freak out. There's another one he does. I can't remember which. And Mean Gene is such a great straight man in these. He's the greatest. I love and Macho Gene Man Gene. cuts a promo and then starts to walk away. Yeah. And Mean Gene says, well, I, have, I have another question for you. And Macho Man like turns back sort of off mic. No more questions! <laughs> Oh, he's unbelievable. There was one I saw this morning. He's 
Mean Gene's saying, you know, something. It's a 180 degree turnaround as Macho is spinning. Yeah. And he's already, it's a 360. No, it's a 180. That's a 360. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. I guess Macho Man used to be legendary for his meticulous planning of matches. So, all right, we got a 30 minute, 20, 30 minute match. And a lot of guys might have five or six different spots that, okay, we get, we know what the end is, and we know that we're going to do like these four things, and we're going to just kind of call it in the ring and transition from those things. And Macho was like, no. Step by step. Step by step for 20 minutes and made the opponent memorize every match. Oh, my gosh. We're going to start. We're going to do a little arm lock here for yeah. uh, for 30 seconds. Then uh, I'm going to throw you off the ropes. I'm going to bump you to the ground. Then you get up, you bump me to the ground, and then I'll throw you off like for 30 minutes memorizing. Now, did, when, when they did that, would they come out and actually not go through the entire thing, but go through the script like a walkthrough? I think for WrestleMania, sometimes they do do a walkthrough for some of those matches, like for the, for the ladder matches and stuff. Right. But there's a lot of guys who just, if you've been around long enough, all right, we'll uh, we'll figure it out in the ring together. <laughs> we'll just call it. We'll just call it. We know that we're gonna do these three or four big spots, and then we'll call the rest of it. So. Right. No more questions. Being so good, the Macho Man. Uh, we're gonna make our NFL picks a couple days early this week at 11 o'clock. So 15 minutes. Our Pros or Joe segment. Mike Golick Jr. in the 11 o'clock hours. We have a midweek Judd's Keys to a Vikings bye week. Very special. So not getting arrested and things like that or whatever Judd wants to do with those keys with a special guest producer, Mackie and Judd. Phil Mackie, Judd Zolgat. It's kind of funny. It's kind of like being at a singles bar. Mackie and Judd on 1500 ESPN. 1500 ESPN is a proud sponsor of Highland Friendship Club's 11th annual Lanes for Friendship featuring Minnesota twin Joe Maurer. This year's event is taking place Saturday, November 4th. At Bolero in Lakeville and Saturday Sports Talk will be there to kick it off with a live broadcast from 10 a.m. until noon. For more info and to register, head to 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. People are pointing out on Twitter here, my mistake, I shortchanged the 1991 World Series. I said three walk-offs. It was four because you had the Game 6, Game 7 walk-offs. Right. And then you had walk-offs in 12 innings game three, and then another walk-off in game four mm-hmm. in Atlanta. So the Braves walked off twice, and the Twins walked off twice. So the resume for 1991, and I, the more I think about it, almost nothing can happen tonight to put this World Series above the 1991 World Series. Five of seven games decided by one run. Five of seven tied after seven innings. Mm-hmm. Um... Four walk-offs, including the last two games of the series, one of which was an extra innings home run to keep the home team alive. Um, Three extra inning games, a legendary game seven. So, yeah, that resume is going to be awfully tough to beat regardless of what happens tonight between Dodgers and Astros. So there was, in, uh, in 91, there was, as I look at the scores here, one bad game, right? 15 to 4, right? Game Four, 5. 14 to 5. Game 14 five. to 5, yep. Game which was the third game in Atlanta that year, but besides that, yes, every game was. And I'm just I told you this before. I'm just the wrong person to ask because of my age at that time and that World Series was just so epic that that there could be a World Series now that comes along here and rivals it or surpasses it, and I don't know that I could clearly see that. I mean short of short of something in in game 7 happening that was just off the charts you can't ignore it. I think my I am uh, predisposed to always go back to the fact 
that that World Series to me will be the greatest one played. What was the feeling after Game Five when Atlanta takes a three to two lead, bludgeoning the Twins fourteen to five? You're coming back. You got to backs to the wall. You got to win Game Six to force a Game Seven. Sure. After taking a two zero lead. You know, going to Atlanta, were fans pretty deflated after Game 5? I don't recall that being the case, and I might be wrong, but I want to say because the 87 World Series at that time was so recent, you did the same thing. I mean, the Twins, in winning the 87 and 91 World Series, never won a road game. So I seem to recall sort of a, I don't want to say quiet confidence, but I don't seem to recall a despair. Because you, you had the fact that in 87, you had won one. The circumstances were nearly identical. You won the first two at home. In that case, went to uh, St. Louis and lost three. And then and then when you found out the story of Game 6 and the whole pocket story, get on my back, boys, I'm driving the bus tonight and, and all that, um, believe it or not, I want to say at that time, <laughs> there was a certain hubris here that doesn't exist now. I mean, there was a certain That's arrogance. A concept now. I know, but I think, but but there was a certain, at that time, sort of Minnesota sports, especially Twins related. Arrogance is too strong, but confidence. Yeah, that's the right word. The Astros seem to have that more, even though they lost last night. They seem to have that a little more than the Dodgers. Like the. There's some Dodgers like Clayton Kershaw, and he got served up in Game Five. That have these track records of failure. The Dodgers, as a team, they just they've underachieved. They haven't won that that World Series in the last 30 years, even though they've had some really good teams. As far as the hubris advantage, I think it goes to the Astros tonight. I think the Astros from day one were and are cockier. The Dodgers don't seem to be cocky to to me. I mean, I I know that there there was the uh, Peterson home run celebration last night. I get that. But the Dodgers as a whole don't seem nearly as arrogant. And, and I don't even, I don't dislike the Astros because of that. But there seems to be a confidence about them that has existed from day one that I don't catch the same feeling from the Dodgers. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I don't know, the, uh, there's just something a little bit more upstart about the Astros, too. Like the Dodgers have a lot of good young players like Bellinger, but. For the Astros, this is a collection. A lot of these guys were losing together a few years ago. Jose Altuve was the starting second baseman on a 113-loss team. Yep. So there's just something a little bit more organic and upstart about the the Astros than the you know top payroll in baseball Dodgers, and it just feels a little. Even though you know the Astros, they got a lot of big money guys on that team too. So I'm not trying to say that it's the little engine that could by any means. It's a top five market. Don't, or top six or seven market. Don't you sense more of an air of confidence from Hinch? I, I sense it. A.J. Hinch strikes me as the type of guy who, right or wrong, is very confident. Dave Roberts. And he'll tell you about it in a hotel bar, too. Yeah, he will. Punch your face in. Dave Roberts doesn't strike me the same way. And I don't know if I'm right or not, but just the quotes I've seen and the interviews I've seen from both those guys, there's a certain something about Hinch which, to me, strikes me as being a little more... Yeah cocky and confident and Robert strikes me as maybe trying to be that yeah but he seems like he's second guessing himself